Welcome to the Run For Your Life podcast. This is your Canadian co-host, Shanna Liliev, and my beautiful American co-host, Melissa Griffin, is with me, as always, because she's my co-host. So, uh, yeah, she's quite me here. Um, yeah. she, she's, she's the name behind the podcast. I'm the brains behind the podcast, I guess. Ouch! I know. Ouch! No, I'm the top. Canadian good-looking one. I don't, I don't know. But oh my God. Melissa and I wanted to just take sort of uh, maybe 20 minutes, half an hour of your time to talk about sort of the real deal with anxiety attacks and panic attacks because I haven't had one in a while, but I had one like a couple days ago. It was rough. And Melissa knows this because I, I had to lean on her and her wonderful husband a bit to help get me through it. And so the breathing, I know the breathing. I know all that stuff. I know all the, the grounding techniques that they talk to you about, you know, five, five things you can see, four things you can touch, that kind of thing. And it doesn't always help. So Melissa and I have both gone through this kind of stuff. So we want to get a bit real and talk to you about what really helps. Because for me, anxiety is a real pain in the tit. And I mean that literally, it manifests as pain in the right side of my chest, like someone is squeezing me in a vice. And so if you ever see me walking around kind of holding my right boob, that's probably what I'm doing. I'm trying to like massage the anxiety away. So Melissa- Shannon just likes to feel herself up. I just, I just like to rub my boobs. I mean, we talked awesome. a while ago about how large chested we both are. And so why not just feel yourself up every now and then? But yeah. aside from having a sense of humor about everything, um, how do we really get through these anxious, crazy moments, Mel? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. We talk about, you know, five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things, blah, blah, blah. It's all bullshit. It's great advice if you're a Buddhist monk and you can actually buy into it, quiet your mind, meditate. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not an advocate for drugs, but, you know, have a drink, whatever it is you need to do. And I apologize to all of our recovering alcoholic posse listeners. I, whatever you have to do, <coughs> pardon me, I find that mo the majority of the help out there, I'm going to be a little bit controversial. And I also want to say, sometimes I can be a little bit brainy. I mean, I know you are the brains. Yes, I know. I mean, your glasses, you look so smart right now. Yeah, that, that's, you, no, no, I'm gonna have to work on the brainy part. But, you know, I think that's all bullshit. And, and I think that what we have to do is one of the things that I, I work with a life coach and, you know, I call her a hippie, like a Zen hippie, crazy lady, because she, she talks about our reptilian brain uh, responding. And, you know, I, the universe is slapping this message in my face. I was in, in Seattle recently for work and they, and training, they were talking about the reptilian brain. And I'm like, enough with the universe and the freaking reptilian brain. It's fight or flight. It's keeping us alive. What it's doing is making us so anxious and so hyper alert of everything around us that every single thing is perceived as a threat and we, it causes panic, anxiety. Who's coming from behind me? Who's coming in front of me? What's going to happen? What, what my life coach told me, and I do, I, I tell her I hate her and I love her all at the same time. And, and it kind of goes back to that five, four, three, two, one thing, but look around, look at your immediate environment. Is anything flying at you? Missiles, glass bottles, bullets, um, small babies. Is anything being thrown at you that can hurt you? Number one, usually the answer is going to be no. Number two, listen, is there anything coming your way that is actually going to hurt you 
physically in this moment? Do you hear a car about to crash through your wall? Do you hear a train and you're standing on a train track? By the way, disclaimer, don't stand on train tracks. Do you hear anything that is actually causing a threat to your well-being? What, do you smell something? Is your house on fire? Go back to the very, very basics. And it sounds stupid and it's sort of like your five cents thing, five things you get, but shit, man. I mean, I could be on an airplane and tell you five, four, three, two, one all day long, but I still hate to fly. So think of it as, as that reptilian brain. We, she, she does this stupid technique and I love her to death, but I told her it was stupid. She said, you know, you can give that part of your, your brain a name. You know, you can call it your inner T-Rex or you can call it Matilda. It doesn't matter. Give that part of right my hands. They're not long enough to hug. Yeah, um, T-Rex are. Uh, I'd like to tell our listeners, just be glad you don't have the video on for this. But one day we should do that. But it, that that helped me more than look around five things you can smell. Because you know what? The fact is anxiety is there for a reason. It, it, it's there to alert us. She also tells me, let it sit, welcome it. And that's the hardest lesson that I've learned because there have been times when I was going through my divorce that I would wake up and just feel stress or anxiety. And, and I'd say, what's the quickest way, you know, what's the quickest Xanax? What's the quickest anything I can do to get rid of this feeling? And she said, why don't you quit? Basically, she told me, why don't you quit your bullshit and let it sit with you, welcome it on board and say, you know, it, it's so Zen and hippie-ish, but I think it makes sense. Welcome it on board and say, okay, you're on board. I accept that I feel anxiety right now and that's okay. Just let it be there. Can acknowledge that, yeah, you still got to take a shower. You still have to take your kids to school. You still have to go to work, but you can acknowledge that you can still let that anxiety just be there and say, and, and just instead of fighting it, because everything we fight so hard to get rid of, you know, seems to be the, the hard, I've tried so hard to get rid of my husband. It was the hardest thing in the world to do. Everything that we fight, right? Um, not my current husband, by the way. I'll keep him. But everything that we fight so hard to push away tends to come back with, with an even stronger tenacity. So if we welcome it and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to sit with this. I don't love it. I don't appreciate it. I'm not happy about it. But if I can accept that this is how I'm feeling right now, like in the situation that you had, mm -hmm. and you can share with people about that. Yeah. And the situation that you had, you know what? Sit with it. Let it be there. Acknowledge it and say, okay, I'm going to be okay feeling this way. And one of the things that my husband taught me to do, and this was, God, this was probably over a year ago. He gave me this lesson. And I, I think I've talked about it before, but this is something that has helped me tremendously. And I told it to my life coach and she loved it. He told me, and at the time I thought he was off his rocker. And I, well, to be fair, I still do. He's, but he said, Get, get six grocery bags from the market where, it, unless you live in England or like California, you can always get plastic bags at the grocery store. Sorry about, you know, the environmentalist people listening, but I do, because they're good for like trash bags and scooping dog poop. So I get a lot of bags from the grocery store, okay? I'm just saying. And he said, put them all, get, get like 10 of them and put them all in a Ziploc and carry that bag around with you that's full of other bags. Carry that bag around with you for a whole day and a whole night. Put it next to your bed when you go to sleep, whatever. Um, I was like, all right, you're out of your rocker, but I'll, I'll play your game. I'll buy into it. I did it. And, and I carried these bags around probably for the two or three days. And he's like, do you, do you understand what these bags are? And I was like, yeah, they're a fucking nuisance is what they are. What are they? He said, the bags are the stresses that you choose to carry around with you all day. Tonight, put the bags in the bathroom, on the, on the counter in the bathroom. And when you go to sleep at night, you tell yourself all those, all those stressors and all those anxieties and all of those things that, that, that are going through your mind every day that cause you stress, 
you can pick them back up in the morning. Allow yourself the freedom to be in the moment without carrying the burden of the stress. And I was like, it like stopped me in my tracks because I mean, he's smart, but I didn't realize he was that smart. I was like, damn, that's like, that was really good to me. That was really epic. And it was given to me in, a, in an example that was concrete in a way that I could really understand. Take your stress and put it down for the night. Give yourself permission to let it go for an hour, for five minutes, whatever it is. I think that's what I struggle with the most. I almost feel like I know it's there and I am irresponsible if I let it go for a bit. Um, Cause I found I'll just sort of tell you what happened. Um, my son was in an activity and he broke one of the rules and the coach immediately yelled at me, get him out of here. You know, I don't know why somebody would do that. Um, why the heck did he do what he just did? get him out of here. And my son is six. And that fight or flight, like someone yeah. asked me, like, what did the other parents at the gym do? And I couldn't tell you because I couldn't see anything, but me and my kids, how do we get out of here as quickly as possible? Because it immediately brought back what it was like to be yelled at by a man. Um, and my son was crying and screaming. He was sorry. Um, he was ashamed. He was humiliated. I was humiliated. But at the same time, you know, I had chosen this activity to try and provide strong male role models for my son. And it just turned into another angry guy yelling at him and yelling at me. Um, and so I was really shaken up about it. But, you know, I'm a mom. I got the kids through their evening bedtime routine and went to bed. And for me, like I said, anxiety crushes my chest. And so the, as soon as I woke up Friday morning, it was like someone had punched me in the boob and I carried it with me all day. I had a teacher's conference all day and I was sending mail messages. I'm in this teacher's conference. I can't take a call from you right now. I'm learning about Gaelic as a language and Mi'kmaq as a language, um, things I need to do for school. And I just, I can't focus on it right now, but it sat like it was right there in that right boob all day long. And I sort of feel like as, even though it took almost two days to kind of fall away and calm down, it, in a way, I guess I kind of sat with it. I knew it would pass. And I told myself, I know this will pass. Um, and I went for a run. I went for a walk. I spent time on my own. I took a hot bath. I listened to music. I did the breathing. I did all the things. All the things. Yeah. All the things. But it took you know, reaching out to you, reaching out to Chris, you know, I was sitting waiting for a friend to show up for supper and he sort of talked me through, you know, the scenario and, yeah. you know, was the threat real, you know, I wasn't in physical danger, but it's that part of your brain doesn't know that it acts like, you know, saber tooth tigers coming to, to eat you. But it just, yeah. and I talked with my parents about it yesterday. And after, you know, I talked about it and got some things off my chest and came up with a plan how I'm going to contact the instructor and just express my concerns. You know, I'm not excusing my son's behavior, but um, a little patience and compassion would have gone a long way. And if anything, this whole situation has taught me more compassion for the kids I deal with in my life as a teacher, more compassion and understanding for people who you may come across them on the worst day of their life. So to judge yeah. them based on how they're behaving in that moment, um, 
So, sorry, we just had to pause there for a sec, folks. We're not very technically savvy. Um, so, well, I'm not the smart one. You told everybody. Yeah, so. I know. I'm sorry. I really need to take some time and learn how to edit and all that stuff. But I guess the point I want to make is you know yourself best. If you can still see clearly enough to know that this will pass, give yourself permission to be patient and see it through. If you need to go out with friends, go out with friends. If you need to go for a run, go for a run. Um, the breathing techniques aren't going to make it disappear. They might help you um, sort of not faint in the moment, but anxiety is real for so many of us. And, you know, shake it off. Because I was thinking, my mom had mentioned to me before, uh, just shake it off. And I was thinking, you know what, mom, you're afraid to fly. Just shake it off. Like, she can't. And um, so, mom, that was no disrespect. That's just an example. Like, if you could shake off being scared to fly then you would do it. If I could shake off this re response I have to uh, making mistakes or being yelled at, I would do it. Um, but it is important to be patient with yourself. And it took me pretty much the whole weekend to kind of process it and let it go. And now we're recording this on a Sunday night. I feel like I'm ready to go into this new week strong, um, a little more mindful. Mel and I have been talking a lot about mindfulness and how to be more present in the moment. And maybe I think this big anxiety attack kind of helped with that because I needed to just enjoy being with my friends. I needed to just enjoy walking through the woods. I needed to just enjoy soaking in a hot bath to really let that chest pain. You have to let it go, right? You have to let it go. And I think as a recovering perfectionist, it's so hard to let things go. And when it's been so much a part of your identity for so long that, you know, calm down the man's anger and retreat or be the perfect housewife, whatever, be the perfect mom. But I need to teach my kids that it's okay to lose your cool, to lose sight of the big picture, but you can always bring yourself back. Um, we're, you know, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to do things wrong. We're going to upset other people but we have to be able to carry on and it doesn't need to derail your whole train. It can just be a little bump in the track, that sort of thing. Um, so I, maybe this is very Zen of me to say, I don't know, but that situation, I'm almost grateful for it because it did. I think I enjoyed my weekend more because I needed it that much more to help bring my thoughts and my, even my body back on track. So for some people, anxiety is just rapid breathing and stuff. For me, it's actual physical pain. Like pain. I've been to the hospital for it before and the yeah. doctor's like, oh, you're fine. It, but that doesn't take the pain from my chest away at all. So I guess I just encourage everyone to, yeah, if those, you know, five, four, three, two, one works for you. Awesome. But for a lot of people who deal with anxiety and panic attacks on a regular basis, that's not enough. So I want you to share what works best for you and what, what's bullshit. Like be real. If it really hurts you, like if you get pain in the tit like I do, tell us. If it manifests as something else for you, let us know. Because I think maybe people are feeling symptoms or experiencing things that they think are totally unique. And I don't know, maybe I'm dying of a heart attack. No, it's the anxiety manifesting itself physically. Um, and I think the more open we are, the more we talk about it, the more we give other people permission to just accept it and sit in it, like you said.
Well, and I think that's the key. You have to just accept it on board and say, you know what? Okay, it's here. I can't deny the fact that it's here. You know, I've suffered from depression, anxiety. You know, my doctor diagnosed me with generalized anxiety disorder, which is kind of like saying it's a virus. Yeah. It's like, it's the most annoying fucking thing ever. Like, no shit, Sherlock. But um, you do have to let it sit with you and, and just allow it to be. And it's the hardest thing to do. But once you do that, you find you're like, okay, well, now that I, I understand it's not going anywhere, I may as well get on with my day. If I'm going to be stressed out, I may as well just be like, oh, okay, now I'm stressed out. Yeah. And, and that's just kind of how, how it is. It's, um, mm-hmm. you, you just have to roll with it. And, and the biggest thing that helped me was like, you know, again, like the square breathing and you know, I, I try and give that advice, which, which I find to be bullshit, but I try and give it out because some people really buy into it. Yeah. Doesn't work for me. Square breathing. I'm like, I'm breathing so square that it's hip to be square. Okay, that was bad. But you, you know, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And what do you do? So you know, what you can do. Sometimes I. Um, this has been since um, I've lived in the. I, I live in this beautiful home that that um, I got after I divorced my husband, and um, I, I love it. The one. The one thing is that it's. I hear road noise, and one of the things that I hated when I first moved in was that I, this road noise was so annoying to me. But now when I go to sleep at night, it's a constant reminder because I, I don't live near the ocean. And if you did, you'd hear the waves and the waves are constantly a reminder that your life means nothing. In the big scheme of things, we're nothing. We're like little, you know, little particles of, and so I listen to these cars and no matter what day of the week it is, even Sunday night at 2 a.m., always, I call them the small penis cars, the ones that are really, really loud. <laughs> you know, like you Oh, whatever. Um, is this why you get to be the brains of the op? Anyway, but but I, I find it comforting because I, I hear the same noises again and I listen for them because that reminds me that no matter what I'm going through right now, there is a bigger world around me and, and stuff is con- going to continue to go on and it's how I deal with it. So whether I welcome it on board and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to be stressed out today. So I may as well just, you know, have a good day anyway, eat an apple or, you know, blizzard, whatever. And I think... One of the important things I've learned for myself, and I think I mentioned this to Chris, I said, I have plans tonight and I really rather go home and go to bed and just hide under the covers, but I know I need to be out because if I just hide under the covers, bundle up, it's just going to be me with my thoughts sort of reinforced. So forcing myself to follow through with my dinner plans, that kind of thing, even though you know, I went home like an hour and a half later and curled up and went to bed, just knowing that I didn't stop my whole life because that fight or flight anxiety response wanted to take over. And that's what, like, you see so much out there about high functioning anxiety. I never knew you were anxious. You, I mean, you're busy, you get everything done. Yeah, I know, because we refuse to give in and let it take over. And and people say that to me all the time, like, oh, but you're so calm. Like, I did that public speaking gig this morning, and everyone's like, man, you were born for this. And I'm like, I don't know. I felt like on the inside, I was kind of like jelly shaking, you know, like, oh, I hope they like me. It's it's a different kind of crowd that I'm used to. This was not a marathon crowd. This was completely different crowd. And I was like, uh oh, nobody's in their sneakers. Um, And, you know, it it, was... what we portray on the outside is never really what we're feeling on the inside. And so many people mask their emotions and so many of them, like you said, functioning addicts, um, you know, you don't know until you get to, it starts to talk to people. And that's why I always say, you know, talk to everybody. I I love, there's a a lady who comes into work every day. She's like a courier, I guess. Like she doesn't work for FedEx or the postal Mm -hmm. service. She 
but she brings the mail. So I don't, I don't know. I don't really get what she does, but yeah. sometimes she's having her shitty day. And I just asked her like, you know what? I don't want to say her name to protect the innocent, but um, you know, how are you doing? Why do you look depressed today? What's going on? Is there something I can, do you need a hug? I'm a big hugger. Do, do you know, whatever. And exactly. I think that's important. And- that's, I tweeted out Friday morning. I said, if you see me today, don't ask me how I'm doing. Just give me a hug or a high five. And I had a few friends check in with me throughout the day. I had a friend offer to steal me a cow. I had people sending me pictures of puppies and cows and is babies. That, is and that a heifer? Like, is that a heifer reference? A heifer, yeah. Well, I, I love cows. I think they're the cutest things ever. There's a herd of cattle next to my school that I see every day. And they just make me happy. So it's, again, being real, getting to know yourself, giving yourself permission to, I need to get through my day today. Um, I can cope with this. I know it will pass. I'll call my friend. I'll go see a cow later. Do what you got to do. Find out what works for you. But it's important to be real and to say, don't ask me how I'm doing. Just give me a hug. Don't ask me, you know, what's going on. Just say whatever you need. I'm there for you because um, we're all just trying to get through life and get our stuff done and not let it take over. And I think that's the most important thing, not to let it take over your life. And if it is taking over your, your life, please reach out to uh, a crisis hotline, contact your doctor, um, do whatever you need to do. But um, please, please don't suffer in silence. Don't please suffer in silence. Reach out to one of us. We are available on social media everywhere. We are not therapists. We are not psychologists. We are not doctors, but we are always willing to listen and give feedback and tell you what works for us, what didn't work for us. I did did play one on TV one time, just so you know. You did? You Yeah? Awesome. Okay. I I got that. I've never, yeah, no. But um, I, I just know from my firsthand experience and I found that reaching out and connecting with other people who are like, you know what? I've been through this too. You're not alone. No, sometimes just knowing, just knowing you're not is alone, not unique is enough to be like, okay, they got through it. I'm going to get through it. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, That's all. We're just running for our lives. Sometimes I feel like I am literally running for my life, but that's just the reptilian brain acting up. It's not a saber to tiger. It's just sort of echoes of my past, I guess. And just let it go. Do what you got to do. Take care of yourself and reach out to us. Let us know what works for you, what doesn't. And, but just be kind. You never know the battle that somebody is fighting. Be kind, just show some compassion and, uh, and keep running for your life.